everyone. Welcome back to the Love and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Faleda, and it's so great to be together again and chat all things love, sex, dating, marriage, and singleness. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues, and I'm here to take your relationship questions. I've written hundreds of relationship articles across the internet, and my relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaches millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. And that's really what I'm passionate about. One of the most common questions I get on the blog has to do with physical attraction. How important is physical attraction in a relationship? And what should you do if you're dating someone that you aren't attracted to in that way? What about physical attraction in marriage? That might sound like a no-brainer to you, but if you're single, did you know that over 50% of married people who took my Choosing Marriage polls identified that at some point in their marriage, they struggled with feeling a lack of physical attraction to their spouse? That's a shocker if you're single, isn't it? But it's the truth. So how do you navigate the ebb and flow of physical attraction in marriage? And how do you go into a relationship having healthy expectations of what physical attraction is supposed to look like? In today's episode, we're going to cover all that and a whole lot more in a very candid way. First up, I'm talking to a young man who is struggling to get his expectations right about being physically attracted to the girls he's dating. After our conversation, I have a special guest joining us, pastor and relationship author Gary Thomas, who's going to add a few important thoughts to this topic. So let's go ahead and get started with our first caller. Today on the show, we have Daniel from Dallas, Georgia, joining us. Hey, Daniel. Hello, Deborah. Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about what you've got going on today? Ever since a pretty early age, um, I've always been pretty, I guess you could say pretty excited or eager or whatever to one day meet, you know, the right lady God had for me. Yeah. So here I am, <laughs> uh, single and, um, you know, having some questions about what my expectations should be for the right lady. Yeah. Well, that's really good. And and specifically when we're talking about expectations, what's something specific that you might be struggling with, whether or not you've got healthy expectations? I would say the big thing would be what the right amount of attraction is or or what that looks like. Because growing up um, in this homeschool family, you know, where you don't have a lot of interaction with out, uh, outside girls. And, and if you do, then you just kind of stay at a distance. And, <laughs> yeah. um, so what's a healthy amount of attraction and, and, and how important is physical attraction? Yeah, for sure. In the scheme um, of things. Exactly. There was a time a couple of years ago where I dated this one girl. And before we dated, we spent time together on a mission trip. So we got to know each other really well. Um, so I think that there was like an emotional connection, uh, maybe a mental connection. Um, and that in separating each other, I interpreted that to be 
well, look, I value this person so much as a friend. Um, well, there, there must be more between us, you know, romantically, but I wasn't attracted to her physically. Yeah. Um, and after a while of being in that relationship, that just weighed down on me so much that I just recognized, look, I can't, I can't go on. Yeah. Um, and in coming out of that relationship, I recognized, uh, I don't ever want to do that again, you know, but I think I went to another extreme of saying, Basically, this lady has to be the most beautiful person on the planet. But in that, you're always comparing. Yeah. You know, you're always saying, well, is this person the best? Is this person the best? Is this person the best? And it, it, you only really kind of have, well, I think I only really had a, basically a fantasy expectation of what this person would look like or be or whatever, you know, because yeah. it, it goes deeper than the physical. It's it's also the way they carry themselves and the way they act and who they are. And later on... I um, was online, you know, found this one great lady as well. And, you know, a lot of things seemed to check out um, just in what I was looking for and, and all these different things. You know, she's this beautiful lady. And so we started talking and different things. And um, at the time I was living in Rhode Island and she lived elsewhere and I went down to visit her. Um, and throughout this time as we're talking and different things and, and we both have interests, but I have this continued question that I'm carrying. Mm. Am I going to find her attractive? And what if I don't? Yeah. It you sounds know? like you've kind of been struggling with this, especially because of that first situation that you went yeah. through. <clears throat> and that situation sort of created a template for you that now you're afraid to repeat yeah. And I'll tell you what it is. One thing that you said that really stuck out to me that I think a lot of people kind of struggle with is the extremes. So mm-hmm. we've got this one end where people are connecting with someone emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Yeah. But they have absolutely no physical connection or attraction. Yeah. That's one extreme. But then the other extreme is like what you said where you're now after someone who is like, you know, supermodel quality, a really good looking <laughs> girl, and mm-hmm. um, afraid of repeating that pattern of not feeling that attraction and, and missing out on that. Mm-hmm. But, but the problem is living in the extremes because yeah. neither extreme is healthy nor mm-hmm. good nor sustainable. Uh, you can't sustain the one side because like you said, when you've got an emotional and spiritual attraction... Yeah. But you don't have a physical attraction. You can't sustain that into a healthy marriage. Whereas on the other end, you can't sustain being with someone who you have a strong attraction to. And maybe they're not high on the other levels of emotional, spiritual. And even if they are, the thing is that physical attraction is going to wane as age comes, sagging, Mm -hmm. wrinkles, life happens, you know? Exactly. So that's not always going to be there to be relied upon anyway. So the key here is not living in the extremes. And Mm -hmm. I think a couple questions you've got to ask yourself when you're navigating how important is physical attraction. And I'm actually really glad you had the courage to ask this question. 
out loud on a podcast because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people who have this exact question, male and female, who email me, message me, private messages, of course, and are just (laughs) kind of struggling with what they should feel and think about this. So two questions I pose back to you and anyone else who's kind of navigating this. Number one, do you have a proper perspective of how important attraction is. So when you look at attraction, you have to really realize that attraction is multifaceted. It's not one aspect. It's not just physical. Physical is one piece of the attraction pie, you know? There's emotional connection. There's mental connection, psychological connection, spiritual connection. There's personality, how you jive, lifestyle. All of that stuff adds up to the big pie of attraction. And the physical aspect is certainly on there. But sometimes we see the physical as like a box that we need to check. Am I physically attracted? Yes or no. (laughs) Is this person a Christian? Yes or no. But really attraction isn't just this box that you check. Yes or no. It's more of a it's, it's more of a multifaceted thing. There's so many pieces to it. And I think yeah. in a relationship, when you're getting to know someone, you might not be initial, initially physically attracted, meaning this person might not be your typical type. Uh-huh. But with everything else added together, your spiritual connection, your emotional connection, your mental connection, there should be a growing attraction towards someone. And attraction basically means a desire to be with them. You are drawn to them. That's what attraction is, right? So if you're not feeling that, I think that signifies that something is up um, because as the relationship progresses and moves on, you should be feeling an increased desire to connect, an increased desire to be with um, that person that's standing before you. But it's really important that you have a, a view of attraction, that it's not just this box, it's a multifaceted thing, so that if you meet someone that's not your initial type, yeah. but I, I think it's important to still be open to getting to know them because, again, if we really believe attraction is multifaceted, and it is, mm-hmm. there's a chance that even someone who you wouldn't typically be attracted to with everything else going on, you start becoming attracted to them. And and, yeah. and and again, proving this point, that's why so many amazingly good-looking people are not yeah. in relationships or end up getting divorced because attraction yeah. isn't the sole factor. Physical yeah. attraction isn't the sole factor in the scope of attraction. Yeah, for sure. So that's the first question. What's, do you have a proper perspective of attraction? Do you understand it's multifaceted? The second question... Do you have a healthy definition of beauty? Because I think in this world today, we can have a really skewed perspective of what someone who is attractive even looks like. We might have a skewed perspective based on our past, based on the norms that we've experienced. For example, I've worked with a lot of people who have never thought someone of maybe a different nationality was attractive or a different culture or race because that's just what they've grown up to believe or think but as time passes and as they get to know certain people better their their template of what attraction and beauty look like start to change so sometimes it's just a matter of exposure to things we're not used to maybe you know you've always thought you like girls with blonde hair and and then you realize wait a second i actually am fine with someone who has darker features and like it, it sometimes it's just a matter of exposure number one but number two 
Sometimes you shape your palette, your template, based on what you expose yourself to. And I talk about this concept a lot, especially in my last book, my newest book, Choosing Marriage, because I think this applies whether you're single or married. We've got something called a sexual palette. And it's basically like her taste buds, right? But our sexual palette is shaped based on the things we expose ourselves to. So when we're exposing ourselves to junk such as the entertainment industry that's extremely Mm -hmm. sexualized, the pornography industry that's extremely unrealistic and idealistic in in so many ways that aren't healthy, we are downloading those things on our sexual palette. And we're Mm. changing the template of what we believe to be attractive based on the things we're taking in. And this applies to singles, but here's why it applies to married couples too, because there's a lot of married couples out there, Daniel, who are actually struggling to feel attraction toward a spouse that they once felt attracted to. Mm. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, over 50% of people I surveyed, I surveyed a thousand married people, over 50% of them are struggling with not feeling physical attraction to their spouse at one point or another. And I think it comes down to a couple things. A, our bodies are, are, are fading as time goes on, right? So, mm-hmm. so partly, we've got to focus on the qualities that get better with time, not the qualities that get worse with time, because yeah. those are the ones that are going to last in a healthy marriage. But B, mm-hmm. I think so many people are also exposing themselves to junk and not realizing how that's impacting their sexual life. So this, this is important for singles, but it's just as important for people who are married because what you expose yourself to shapes your sexual palate and starts mm. defining what you feel and think to be attractive. So it's really yes. important to kind of get those things get your mind in the right place when it comes to what's your perspective of attraction. Do you have a healthy perspective? And then get your heart in the right Mm. place when it comes to the things that you're taking in. And one more thing I'll add to this, Daniel. I think it's important to also have a healthy understanding of who you are. Because let's just be candid here. The good news is I can't see you, so I don't know what you look like. (laughs) But let me just tell you this, Daniel. I have spoken to people, you know, one guy in particular who, if I'm completely candid with you, is like a two on the scale of zero to 10 when it comes to attraction, right? And this guy was dating a six and he was still discontent because he wanted an eight. And I'm thinking, you know, here's the thing. We've got to have a realistic expectation of who we are. When we look at this psychologically, uh, when it comes to attraction, usually you end up dating or marrying someone who is a couple notches Um, near your level of attraction. So let's say you're a five, Daniel. There's a good Mm. chance you're going to end up with maybe a five or a six or maybe a four, someone who kind of hovers on your level. And if if we don't have a realistic expectation of who we are, we're not going to have a realistic expectation of what works because people attract people on their level Mm -hmm. of emotional, spiritual, psychological health. But guess what? We do also attract people on a similar level as us physically as well. Yeah. And I just say that not to not to sound superficial, but I just think it's important for everyone out there to have a healthy perspective, especially mm-hmm. those dudes out there who are looking for a supermodel wife when <laughs> maybe they're not even quite there themselves. I just think it's yeah. important to have a realistic understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, 
I guess in summarizing, we can say that attraction is important. Physical attraction is part of the equation. But we tend to put way too much weight in that category and neglect everything else. So again, let's not live in the extremes. You have got to be able to look at someone and say, you know what? I could see myself being intimate with this person. I could see myself having a physical connection with this person in the future. That's important. You know, you shouldn't be repulsed by someone, but at the same time, taking it to the other extreme is so extremely damaging as well. Mm -hmm. I hope that helps, Daniel. Yeah, I believe so. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable with us and and sharing your heart. I think it's going to encourage and um, a lot of people are going to be able to connect to this too. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Take care. Hey, you too. God bless you. Thanks, you too. I'm excited to introduce you to a really special guest today on the Love and Relationships podcast, pastor and author Gary Thomas. You definitely know who Gary Thomas is because you've probably read one of his books. He is a writer and a speaker who focuses on bringing people closer to Christ and closer to others. He's the author of 18 books that have been translated into over a dozen languages. These books include Cherish, Sacred Marriage, and The Sacred Search, and so many others. I love his work. I love his heart. And I've learned so much from him along the way. So I'm really excited to have Gary Thomas today on the podcast. Thanks so much, Gary, for joining us on the show today. Well, thanks for having me, It's great to have you, and I'm so excited about this conversation. So, Gary, one question that comes up all the time on my blog over and over again is the concept of physical attraction. And I have people asking me all the time, how important is physical attraction in relationships? So let's kind of break this down here into two different kinds of relationships. Let's start with dating. How important is physical attraction in a dating relationship? And I'd love to hear your experience with this and um, some of the feedback you would give someone struggling to navigate this question. Well, first, I don't think it's the same, Deb, for every person. Okay. Some people really care about somebody's sense of humor, somebody's faith, uh, somebody's personality. Uh, I know one woman is really into teeth. She said she could never marry a guy that didn't have good teeth. That's funny. Um, I, I've been working with a young man who pretty much wants to date somebody that looks like a supermodel but isn't a supermodel and has a PhD. So it 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 really depends on the person. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, and I I don't want to be sexist, but more often I hear this from guys than from women. I, I think women in general. Not all women. So again, I don't want to traffic in stereotypes, but more often it seems to me a more sensitive issue with guys. And I'll just tell those guys, well, you've, you've got to decide how important this is to you. But the thing I would say to these guys, and I'm just speaking from the perspective of a guy who's 56. Yeah. I look back on Facebook pictures and some of the people I knew in high school, I don't even recognize them. Yeah. Literally. Some, I can see a little bit of continuing resemblance. It it really is hard to tell. A lot changes over the years. It does. And so just because attraction is important to you when you're in your 20s, um, 
not too many people in their 50s and 60s look like they did in their 20s. And so you've got to figure out uh, not just where this person is, where they're likely to be there. And that goes to their health habits, their eating habits, their exercise and whatnot. But then also realizing we change over time and, and not too many people would be hired as models in their 50s but not in their 20s. I mean, it usually doesn't go upwards. Is it it usually doesn't. You're absolutely right about that. And and I think that's something people need to have a realistic grasp of. Uh, one thing that I love that you mentioned is, you know, it's different for everybody because I think attraction is this umbrella word, right? But really, there's so many components to attraction. It's multifaceted. So, so spiritually speaking and emotionally speaking and goals and dreams and ho- hobbies and habits and all of these things do kind of conglomerate together to make up um, attraction. And, and physical attraction is part of that. But like you're saying, it's really dependent on the person of how big a deal they want to make it. And I think, you know, um, part of that is probably has to do with our past, the things that we were raised with, the things we learned along the way, maybe relationships we've been through. Um, In fact, the caller that we had on today, I think part of his strong desire to have a relationship where, you know, he was super, super attracted to someone, like you said, like a supermodel, was because he's had some struggles with attraction in the past. So all of these things do shape your view of of attraction and how necessary it is. But how much, Gary, do you think culture is influencing um, attraction and sexual chemistry and do you think it's having an effect on Christians and on our expectation of what that should look like in a relationship? I think it's how much you let culture impact that. Certainly, there has been a stereotype of beauty in our culture. Uh, I think that has really, really within the last 10 years, that has changed a little bit. But you think about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. When I'm growing up in the 80s and 90s, they all kind of looked alike. And they're yeah. trying to change that a little bit now. But I think part of it is is how you maintain it. Um, and one of the things I, I remember is C.S. Lewis talked about how throughout history, there isn't a defining picture of a beautiful woman, that in different cultures and in different ages, they liked curvy women or different kind of looking women. But we often in this day and age, particularly in the U.S., have a particular cultural view of women. And often it wasn't fair to all races. Different families have different shapes. Different races tend to have different shapes. And right. so we, we, we really had, I think, a, um, a culturally defined, very narrow view of beauty. But, but before we go here, um, Deb, I'd say what matters most in these relationships is your own particular maintenance of that attraction. Hmm. I mentioned in sacred marriage, I started praying early on in my marriage, and I hadn't heard anybody offer this prayer. I think it was just a gift from God. But I just began praying, Lord, let Lisa, that's my wife, let Lisa define for me what a beautiful woman is. Yeah. I, I want her to be the plumb line of a beautiful woman. And, and God answered that prayer. I think that's a prayer that God would answer. Um, and to this day, one of the things I love about it, I didn't know because I started praying this over 30 years ago. I didn't realize that at the time. But what I love about it is that my definition of the most beautiful woman 
ages with my wife. Right. And I, I don't want to be the 56-year-old guy who ogles his 20-something daughter's friends. Right. Um, I, I don't think most of us in our best selves would, would choose to be that because um, I, I want to be able to look at my daughter's friends as daughters in Christ, not in, in a predatory way. And so – but added to that prayer from sacred marriage is just learning to cherish my wife. I'm not really not trying to throw all the books in here, but it, it, it's coming up. No, no when worries. You, when you learn to cherish someone, I, I don't know how I would lose my – I've I've never really struggled with this to be honest because when you when you pray that prayer when you work at cherishing someone there's just something about seeing Lisa that makes me happy and satisfied and interested in a way that you know I've just it's just come from the other aspects of my marriage yeah spiritually cherishing her building a whole relationship where I'm, I'm delighted to be with her. I'm delighted I get to be sexually intimate with her, even 34 years into our marriage. I love that. And I think that's something that we all need to strive for in how we think about attraction and how we think about our spouse and choosing a mate. Because at the end of the day, it's up to us who is our plumb line, what is our plumb line, you know, our standard. It's really up to us. It doesn't matter what the world says to us. It doesn't matter what the couples around us look like or what they're doing or not doing. What matters is how we set our heart and our mind and our commitment to this person. And I love that prayer. And I think it's so important. And I also think it's important to add not only to just pray about it, but also, like I mentioned to our caller earlier today, to make sure we're taking inventory of the junk we're taking in and right. make sure that we're allowing our mind to be filled with things that are increasing our desire for our spouse and increasing our desire for healthy things rather than increasing our thirst and our lust for unhealthy things. And so it's, you know, it's that combination of praying and then moving our heart and mind in the right direction. And and so, you know, with that in mind, I think it's important for us to address people out there who are married and maybe the attraction started out strong in their marriage. And now, like you said, I mean, things go downhill. I see it in my own life. I see it in my husband's life. It's just part of the aging process. We're not our best. We don't look like we looked the day we got married. But our love and our commitment and our dedication overlooks those things in so many ways. And But there's some people that are listening out there today and they're thinking, you know, I am struggling right now. I am struggling to feel that attraction that I once had or that, that physical connection, that spark I once had with my spouse. What would you tell someone like that who's listening today? Yeah. Well, it's worth mentioning that we go outside the marriage for a second here. Uh, just neurologically, maintaining attraction toward our spouse is is partly if I was still reading Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, I, I'm training my mind to not find my wife the most attractive. Right. Um, and if we haven't mentioned porn yet, but my understanding of the way that porn works neurologically um, is that when oxytocin is released within a marriage situation, I'm literally training my brain to find my wife more attractive and other women less attractive. Now, I'm not a neuroscientist, but it stands to reason if that's what happens when I have sexual relations with my wife, 
if I'm then in front of a screen or video or, video or something, I'm literally training myself not to find my wife as attractive as these other women and to find my wife even less attractive. Right. And so before you blame your spouse, just take a step back and saying, uh, am I reading the novels that make me frustrated with my spouse? Am I looking at things that make me frustrated with my spouse? And, and get rid of the things that take away attraction Absolutely. so that you're not but having said that, I have talked to one spouses where, let's just say, the guy gains 100 pounds. The, yeah. the wife gains 100 pounds. And this is a sensitive issue, I it understand. Mm -hmm. We're not all designed with the same body types. And some people practically starve themselves to try to fight gaining a few pounds. But as one man said to me, Gary, people call it shallow, but she's not the same woman. She doesn't have the same energy. We can't do things we used to do, playing tennis or just the ability to enjoy a full day together. And, and so for him, I, it, it would be easy to say, well, don't be so shallow. But he feels like in one sense, his wife let things get to a place where it, it, it's not – she doesn't resemble the woman he married, not just in physical appearance but in her ability to engage in life. And, and I do think when we marry someone, we have a certain responsibility, not that we can wear the same clothes we wore back when we first got married, right. but, but at least to take care of ourselves because it's not just about us. It's, it's about our spouse. And I, I think you've got to allow for weight gain and less energy and less zest. Those are just normal factors of aging. But there are degrees, as we know. And I, I do think it's kind to say, my spouse chose me. There's certain activities that I can only engage in with them, that they can only engage in with me. And I, I just think it's kind to say, I, I want to think about that as I set my schedule and determine my health habits and, and how I eat and whether or not I exercise, that I should at least keep them in mind. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when, um, when I was writing Choosing Marriage, Gary, you were one of the first people to read it. And in this section, I think you were actually surprised when you looked at my polls and research that showed that over 50% of people said that they struggled at some point with feeling a lack of physical attraction toward their spouse. And I think I remember you saying like, that is really surprising how many people are struggling because like you said, that's something that you and your wife haven't struggled with, but it is interesting. And it was even shocking to me. And so in choosing marriage, one of the sections I talk through is what to do when you're struggling with that physical attraction. And in, in all the disclosure, I, I had put dealing with your mind, like we talked about a few minutes ago with pornography and, and the junk you're taking in, taking inventory of it, dealing with your heart and the importance of that connection, um, the emotional and spiritual connection with your spouse that adds such a layer of attraction and intimacy. But one thing that I was kind of afraid to hit on was dealing with your physical health. Um, and, and it was it was really awesome having you be able to speak into that in, in reviewing the book and, and just kind of challenging me to take it a step further. Like, what could this look like when we challenge people to take inventory of their bodies as well? Because our bodies are a temple. They're an important part of who we are. They're an important part of our marriage and our relationship. Um, and, and just looking at 
our bodies as just another component to the big picture of a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage and kind of outlining some steps you can take as a couple to increase your health. Because as you know, Gary, there's probably really encouraging and incredible ways to go about getting healthier together, but then there's also degrading ways and shameful ways Mm -hmm. and things that you can put on your spouse that are actually going to make your relationship harder and worse. So learning to navigate this topic is important. And first of all, learning to talk about it because it's something that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Well, absolutely. And I, you know, it's, Again, though, I think it goes back to the whole tenor of the relationship. If one spouse is frustrated with the other spouse's weight gain and kind of giving them that look if they open up a bag of potato chips or look at the dessert menu or something, you and I both know that that never helps. Right. And it often hurts. Right. But a lot of that is personal. How is the relationship going and positive ways to get out there and, and be together? It's... It's a difficult issue. It's the kind of thing where I think it's best addressed with people like you, Deb, with a counselor that can look at both situations and say, you know, I think you're being a little bit shallow or sometimes saying, you know, I I think she has a point. I think you need – it's not just your appearance, but this could be a real health issue for you later on. You know, I think for guys the interesting thing is when you you get into your 50s and 60s to to be able – to function sexually, it is a matter of health. If you're not taking care of your body, it really can impact that aspect of your marriage. And so if you want to continue to serve your wife that way, it's like any sport. In one sense, you've, you've got to keep yourself physically able to do that. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that confuses me on the attraction thing, because usually we think of the sexual relationship when we're doing that, is that I guess I'm at a point where my thought is, how do I please and cherish my wife in this aspect of marriage? And so attraction is a part of it. Right. But when your greatest joy comes from showing this person that you cherish them and wanting to please them and wanting to pleasure them, and then when they are, I think for a healthy guy, that's what creates sexual excitement. And so for me, more than it's the physical appearance where I see her, although I, I, I love that, it's her receiving that pleasure, responding to it. And I think for most guys, that's what helps us to respond. So again, it goes beyond the physical right. to what's happening emotionally and all aspects of the relationship. Yeah, the heart behind it, the service behind it. And and I think that's really roots back to our emotional connection and our spiritual connection because I think it takes a strong understanding of how God intended things to be and that sacrificial love in order to get us excited about serving the other person, in order for us to step out of that mentality that this is about me, 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 and what this person has to offer me, 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 and the second they're not offering me what I need, you know, I'm struggling. And so learning to flip that on its head and learning to to view our spouse as a recipient of blessing and a recipient of our service, even in, you know, our sexuality and in other areas of life. I think when you, when we start viewing it like that, it changes everything and it's not an easy place to get to, but, but I really think when we start viewing our relationship with our spouse like that, that that's how we get ushered into the healthiest of relationships and the healthiest of marriages. So 
In summarizing this really good conversation, I think it's safe to say, for those of you who are married, starting with that plumb line prayer, like, God, I ask that you would make my spouse the epitome of beauty, the epitome of attraction in my heart and mind. And and for those of you who are single, you don't have that right now. You don't have someone to be your plumb line. But what you can do is ask God to give you a healthy understanding of beauty and a healthy understanding of sexuality by starting to block out all the noise and all the junk and all the things that you might be taking in that are influencing your view and influencing your desires and just praying that God would give you a heart um, to be able to receive one day when when you do have that spouse, that you would be able to receive who they are and have a healthy understanding of beauty and a healthy understanding of attraction as you go into your marriage. So thank you so much, Gary. This is just some really good stuff to talk about, something that is not often addressed. Um, and I, I really think that this conversation, as well as your books, are going to add so much to our listeners um, and people trying to take the next step in this area of their life. So thank you for joining us today, Gary. Well, you're a courageous woman, Deb. Not, not too many would tackle this topic. It is fraught with uh, potential pushback. Yeah, but, uh, let's just hope we I don't get too many this, hate mails. <laughs> if, uh, if I was going to have this conversation, I want to be with someone like you that, that knows the, the score and has worked with so many couples. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Gary. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today, everyone. It was so fun to chat with you about love and relationships. If you're looking to go deeper with the content in this podcast, I invite you to check out either of my books, True Love Dates or Choosing Marriage, specifically today. If you're looking to go deeper with the topic of physical attraction in marriage, with tons of surveys and polls and information and step-by-step practical um, tips on what to do in this area. You'll find so much about that in chapter eight of Choosing Marriage called Sex Marks the Spot. You can also find in-depth courses and tons of free articles over at my blog, truelovedates.com. I'm going to be sure to include notes to this episode so you guys can go and download all the information you need specifically, whether you're single, whether you're married, and want to dig deeper with the subject from today. I love, love, love to connect with you. So find me on Facebook or Instagram at True Love Dates and give me a shout out. If you have a love and relationship question on your mind, reach out to me at truelovedates.com slash love and relationships for a chance to have your question answered on the show. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to see it go strong, be sure to share it with your friends, subscribe, and leave us your five-star rating and review because it makes all the difference for us in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Faleda, and it was so great being together again today, and I can't wait to chat with you next week. Take care. Take care.